Hey Coconuts, welcome to another episode of Weekly Market Updates where we scour the nets for interesting news. Today we're going to talk about retailers since Walmart and Target had their earnings and a bit about what this might signal for the real economy. mRNA, not just a vaccine for COVID, hopefully that's behind us, but more as a technological breakthrough through and platform and how we can leverage off that. And of course, some tech news right, with Tencent's latest earnings and how we see the future in China. A slight change of pace today from our usual, so let's get to it. Hey Coconuts, welcome back to Weekly Market Updates with me, Rakesh. Anthony. And Reggie. <laughs> oh, we have, a, we have another <laughs> special guest oh, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 it is Jefferson on holiday too much. All right. I'm going to take over his slot very soon. <laughs> Jeff, you know, you're, is- you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, too much holiday already. Shots fired right at the beginning. Yeah, too much holiday, right? Too much holiday already. <laughs> cannot like, you know. Where's he now? Is he on like cruise to nowhere? Oh no, no, he's saying cruise to Australia or something, right? This guy's just traveling. Oh, cruise to uh, Australia. No, like, he, he flew like he, oh, he flew. flew okay, he flew, flew to okay, Australia. Okay, okay. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Come on. Come on. Yes. Yes. It is what it is, bro. He's just traveling. Running joke I, already, guys. Running yeah, it's joke. a running joke. Like on the Google Calendar, it's like Jefferson. Oh, 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 out of office. Out of office. Like, every week he's out of office. I'm like, what's this guy doing? But yes. Anyway, yeah. You you see me. I stand in for Jefferson today, and uh, inevitably uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about China, right? So. <laughs> somehow, hey, well, somehow, hey, as, as long somehow, as you avoid too much yes. politics, I think we'll call it a win. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. We're gonna go there. We're gonna go there. But yes, fair enough. For you that don't know me, I'm Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut. And today I've decided to come onto the show, of course, to take over Jefferson, but also do open recruitment now, right? So we're <laughs> trying to, you know, uh, get some interns, you know, get more producers. So I've hijacked this show to try to uh, promote lah. Right? So if you guys want to be a producer with us be an intern with us your email to hello the financial coconut.com okay yes uh, you guys can oh, so thanks Reggie if it's a producer for us I don't mind man <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. We're trying to do something there. Agree. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So, yes, email to hello at We're looking for producers. We're looking for interns, right, to help us uh, expand our, our show. Yes. Awesome, awesome. All right, Coconuts, now back to the actual topic at hand. We've got three stories for you today. Number one, we're going to talk a little bit about Walmart and Target earnings. Then, believe it or not, Reggie's not going to talk about China. He's going to be talking instead about yeah. mRNA and a little bit of pharma. Uh, to see whether it's actually an investable product, right? Because we've talked a little bit about the sell-off, so he's definitely going to bring that up. And last but not least, Tencent earnings driven by Anthony. Yes, I'm awesome. going to talk about China. All right, all right. Let's jump on to the first topic. Okay, Walmart and Target earnings, right? So I'll start this. So they came up with a couple of important updates, I would say, right? Especially in, in this world of, of supply chain and and selling it from stores and so on and so forth. Offline retail, as we call it. So let's start off with, with Walmart, right? They have had $141 billion reported in revenue, which was actually above the expected of 138. Now that's really, really good in terms of, of revenue. Uh, however, their earnings per share was significantly down at $1.30 versus the 148 expected. Now, one of the things that they mentioned here was it was a combination of high fuel costs, excess inventory, and elevated labor cost. In other words, that's a chim way of saying everything to do to put exactly the stuff on the shelf has gotten more expensive and therefore I cannot make enough money. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From an investor's viewpoint, that's a cheap way of saying, oh, my operation was horrible this quarter. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like operation C. You know, I'm going to grade you a C. Fail, guys. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I'm sure we'll get to it, but let's not be too harsh, right? I mean, what, what could they have done? You know? Of course. Okay, yeah. 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 Fair, fair, fair. Yes, that's continue. Fair. That's fair. Yes, and, and before we get into the analysis sort of things, Target, which is you know a Walmart's competitor and roughly in the same industry as well, reported roughly about the same thing. $25 billion in revenue versus $24.49 expected. And they mentioned specifically that their increased freight costs were due to dramatic fuel prices and actually hit about $1 billion to hit the bottom line, which means it increased their cost by that much. Now, for me, that's insane, right? Well, I mean, we all know why, right? I just, I think before continuing on, what's your thoughts here, Anthony? It's the same point to me, right? What could they have done? You know, could they have not shipped and therefore not sold anything? That's not going to happen. My take on it is they were stuck between a rock and a hard place. They tried to do what they can by, you know, selling as much as they can. I think we will talk mm. about inventories later and that to me is a bit more worrying. These increase in fuel prices and all that. Well, whatever, right? It's kind of temporary like how inflation is transitory this is temporary <laughs> but you know shots fired I'm not taking that position yes yes mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day you know that's what management could have done I don't think this is too much of a black mark against them Reg Wait, I just want to clarify Anthony are you invested in Walmart <laughs> oh no Target Th- th- thankfully not um, <laughs> uh, neither of these okay 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 so for me, I think I'm not invested in any of these FMCG players. I feel mm. that their business is very safely in the value space, right? So they are like very old school, huge business. It's very hard for them to grow any further. Locally, they have to grow abroad, right? And you see that, you know, they're, they're struggling to grow abroad because of all these like, you know, trade issues and all these, you know, personnel issues that they're struggling with. You know, it's, it's not unique to them. It's just, you know, China has a whole different set of situation. And one of their biggest plans well, was to enter China and uh, they, they're okay. Not really fantastic, mm. right? Which is why I'm not in this space. As to high fuel costs, like, like Anthony said, right? There's nothing you can do. But I think what is interesting is you need to recognize that Walmart, Target, Costco, a lot of these guys, they are playing in the fair price and Xingxiong kind of level. Right, so they're not playing in the Jackson's Marketplace. They're not like cold storage, right? They're not like your Walgreens. They're not your high end producers and your high end, you know, retailers. So in that mm. sense, it's very hard for them to translate the additional cost into the consumer, right? So they have to they have to suck it up. They have to bear it. You know, if there's some price movement, everyone's gonna shift elsewhere, right? So you, you just end up seeing all of them having to suck it in, and it'll be interesting to take a look to see if Walgreens and you know um, Whole Foods actually manage to kind of you know, translate some of these uh, increase in cost to their own consumers, right? So yeah, I think that'll be an interesting thing to look at. Cool. Yeah, I think, you know, you touched on a very good point, right? I mean, Walgreens and, and all of these Atas supermarkets, as we like to call them, yeah, um, Atas can one. transfer yes, costs. Yes. Yeah, can, can transfer costs to a certain extent, right? Because they're not really dealing with, with minimum wage, not really dealing with these volume players, yeah. right? As, as, as Walmart does and, and uh, Target does. Mm. And I think one of the things I want to bring up was the fact of, their forecast for 2022 moving forward wasn't very good. These are volume players, right? So when it comes to to that sort of thing, we can't really transfer costs. One of the things I did want to bring up was the fact that when they are looking at the 2022 expectations, they've actually lowered their forecast. And and they cited logistics, supply chain, a little bit of excess inventory there. And at the same time, they are not sure if people will buy because of, you know, stagflation, inflation, 
loss of jobs, so on and so forth, the consumers. What's your thoughts? I think, Anthony, let's touch a little bit on inventory first, excess inventory first. What are they actually forecasting? Are they actually forecasting a drop in profits or or a drop in sales? Are they forecasting a drop in profits as far as I can see? I'll just double check that as we speak. Yeah. Yeah, because I think there's a bit of a distinction there, right? If, if it's a drop in sales, then this is really the demand reduction that the Fed has been harping on about. They fight inflation by reducing demand. And well, we see it in retailers and we have seen it in you know e-commerce stocks over the last two months as well, right? Maybe that's a sign of it. And hopefully that kind of means that inflation is under control, hooray, or getting under control, hooray. But if it's uh, an increase in supply costs because of fuel getting excessive because of increased labor and increase in minimum wage. I think I don't bought on because we're not shareholders. We, we just want people to get paid yep. and we are in the position of labor. I think that's all kind of business problems, right? It might just be, I say transitory in a sense of this might be a, a year or two type of scenario, but at the end of the day, mm. things might normalize, right? And as, especially around fuel costs and and shipping costs maybe a bit less wages because they're sticky. But you know, and if things normalize, you know, this is a blip in, in the longer scheme of things. As long as they're good retailers, they manage to keep onto their demand and all that, it's not a problem. To be honest, I think it might actually be good, right? Because the the first people who close down and will not be targeted, will not be targeted. Well, will not be Walmart, will not be Target, will not be Costco, right? It will be your mom and pop shops. It'll be your small corner shops that that die first because they can't afford the imports anymore. So in essence, you know, if these big companies can survive, they are actually consolidating mm. market share, and that's not necessarily a bad thing for them. Yeah, for them, yeah, but for capitalism, for it, it is quite. I yeah, mean, for for, them, for, for, them, for them, consumer, yes. yes, because there's choice, you know, there's <laughs> yes. competition, all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. for labor, but if you're a shareholder, okay, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, fair. But I think what is more interesting that I think more of our listeners should focus on is to recognize that a lot of these retailers, their lifeline, their business lifeline is pretty much tied to the strength of the consumers. Right. So, you know, with, with Walmart, with Target, with Costco, these guys, they are really working with the mess. Right. So however mm. they are performing, whether their sales numbers are, are good or not, it's very, very closely tied to the consumers. And the variance is not going to be huge. Right? It's not suddenly, oh, you get a promotion, you're going to eat like two cheeseburger. No, man, guys, <laughs> you're just going to eat the same, <laughs> you know, maybe a little bit more premium. You buy a little bit more stuff, but, but it's not like a massive jump. Um, so for them to actually forecast something like that, it may be a sign that the consumer is very is very weak, right? And previously there were already mm-hmm. a lot of anecdotal, you know, uh, data to show and a lot of noise and you know um, the the left and the right the, the extremes, you know, uh, they're all talking about, you know, uh, how the consumer is getting eaten up, you know, these COVID times and even in Singapore a lot of people are affected, right? The, the job numbers look good, but really because we have dished out a lot of free money to try to hire as many people as we can, right? But really, that's a, a, at a discounted level and, and if you really look at, you know, the wage is, is hard, right? So the, the strength of the consumer is is the bigger problem to me here rather than, you know, whether the hmm. business can continue to grow and, and blah, blah, blah. So just something to, to think about. Yeah, I think you, you touched on a good point here, right? One of the things I wanted to bring up that, that you mentioned was that outside, they, they really needed to go outside of, of, yeah. of the US in order to grow. Hmm. Right. Um, you mentioned a little bit on China. I think you know a bit more there. Uh, how, mm. you know, besides Walmart, Target, I think they were also looking at that region because there's a big growth area there. Any updates yeah. on that front that you know about? Yeah. Um, specifically, Walmart has been in the business for a long time. 
right? So Walmart, mm. right? It's a, it's a, it's what they're one of the biggest in China in terms of American retailers. So Walmart, they've been inside for a long time. Costco has made mm. quite a big entrance pre-COVID. I'm sure you guys seen those videos on TikTok, right? Yeah. Like, oh my God, people just shave and everything, right? So they made a big entrance uh, coming in, right? And mm. the thing you guys need to realize is that in FMCG, there's the retailers and the distributors, right? So what, what really happens is when retailers come in, they don't bring in the whole supply chain of their own. Right, so they usually will integrate with the local supply chain, and uh, they're really just product pushing, right? On on a certain level, even though they okay. are like foreign brand, they come in Jackson's Marketplace, whatever they come into Singapore, then they open one wow, very atas. After a while, you'll find that whatever that they're selling, Daiso also sells the same shit, right? Why? Because all the suppliers mm. are the same, right? The back end is the same. The retailer package them differently, put them together, put promo, position different lighting. You know, so there's a little bit of that whole retailer front play, but the back end is the same. So when you look at this, when you look from this angle, then you realize that the competition in China is not amongst these, you know, um, American players, or it's not even amongst the smaller you know, um, retailers itself. It's big retailers like Herma, right? Which are fully automated. Herma is yeah. part of Alibaba, right? So fully automated, mm. you know, you come in, you, you don't even need to, my goodness, you don't even need to check out, right? You just take whatever you need to take, which is yes. the Amazon fresh kind of thing, right? You take whatever you need to take and then you get out. And then if you order, they, the shoppers, right? They shop for you and then they just put on this hanger and the hanger just goes in the delivery truck. Right, so it moves I mean, it, it cuts a lot of corners makes it a lot simpler so I don't see that with Walmart I don't see that with Costco even mm. when they try to enter China so will this thing kind of really get them going can they really compete with the local players I would say at this point in time I'm not seeing a lot of um, strength there there's a lot of like rah-rah like wow you know but but is it really yeah. fundamentally going to be that powerful and that strong I'm not sure because I do think yeah Herma Alibaba mm. is, is already like suck up the the retail market in, in that sense uh, especially with these two years right and they are in pretty much in the market itself already right yeah Okay, cool. So for the you know for our investors and, and coconuts out there that have FMCG and have already invested in FMCG, right? Would you say then, Anthony, that this would be they'll be in for a little bit of a rough ride uh, this quarter? I think any equity position you're in will be in a bit of a rough ride this year, right? Not, not even this quarter. Okay, that's all good. <laughs> so, so, and I think yeah, Red yeah. is exactly right, right? These companies are the bellwether of the real economy. So to the extent that we might get a recession or, or we mm. are reducing aggregate demand and, and all of that, you know, macroeconomic stuff with the Fed wants to do, these people are the ones that are immediately affected, right? Because they mm. have no pricing power. They are, you know, they, they are just stuck on the supply end. And yeah, so it might get very ugly, actually. In fact, wow. I think I think okay. Costco may, may get it even harder. Costco may get hit even harder, right? but we're not talking about them today. But just for the sake of discussion on FMCG, for coconuts listening, I think if you're really thinking of trying to go into FMCG, I would believe the more interesting space to explore will be the brands themselves, right? So actually buying companies like Monster Beverages. Procter and Gamble. Like, you know, uh, yeah, Procter and Gamble. You know, or maybe not, <laughs> not say definitely get them, but but along that line, right? Because their business is a lot more scalable. Their business is a lot more, they can enter new market relative ease, right? Because to, to put it bluntly, the retail guys are the heavy guys, right? So they are very cost heavy to or the capex heavy, right? So you have to build out the whole store, build out the whole supply chain. And a lot of these smaller brands, if they can and grow a brand value like Monster Beverage or Boston Beer, you know, so some of these companies have grown 
leaps and leaps, you know, and it's, it's just really open, opening new retail uh, channels, right? So if you're looking at entering FMCG, I, I would say maybe some of the brands are a lot more interesting. And if you can see brand growth, which is a lot clearer to see and a lot easier to, to see the kind of scale, yeah, maybe, maybe those and are the places I would well, explore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I would explore those things rather than the actual retailer. Uh, yeah, buying a retailer. It's not my thing. No, if if I if you want the actual retailer, go back Shing Shiong. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you can work at Shing Shiong lah. Ten, ten. Was it yeah, ten, ten months? Right? Was it ten month bonus? Oh my god, wow. Shing Shiong, you must sponsor us lah, Shing Shiong. Really, financial <laughs> coconut brought to you by Shing Shiong. You know, like today by pay by pay. You know, it's like making a Shing Shiong game show, guys. Woohoo! <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on to our next topic. Um, Reg, I think you're up. Okay, so I am bringing to you mRNA. Of course, I've been seeing a lot of discussion on tech on this show, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, today I'm coming on the show. I better talk about something else, right? Hey. I try to make the show a little bit more vibrant. So um, AstraZeneca COVID vaccine has n- now has a new name, right? Called Vexerivia or Vexevria, whatever they want to call it. A horrible name, but right. you know, uh, pharma usually have a lot of horrible names, but it's okay. Uh, and it has been approved in the EU as a booster dose, right? So why I wanted to talk about this because I want to first help all of us to recognize that a lot of these um, mRNA vaccines are developing their brand, right? So they're moving into the next phase of a pretty much a standard pharmaceutical play. The front part is you R&D and then you productize it and then you build a business behind it and then you sell it, right? So, so you start to sell and make it into a brand and, and do that whole shenanigan, right? And I think, um, like you've pointed out, <laughs> biotech is like dead also. You know, this... <laughs> You know, it's down like what 30, 60%, right? Depending on when you start, you know, but year to date is horrible. Uh, but I, I do think that a lot of people have conveniently write off that mRNA is actually a tech platform and not a single product. We have already seen some of these big boys, is it Pfizer, Moderna, BioNTech, AstraZeneca? They all have developed into household names, you know, with this whole mRNA platform. And I want to see if they can then, you know, develop other products along this same line of uh, mRNA and, and maybe th- those could open up new business branches and I think we should really think a little bit more about what do you guys think? I, I don't know man I, I mean I think that's kind of a, a reason why, why I avoid biotech and the reason is this right you know especially for small to mid cap biotech <laughs> there's always this cycle you, you start off with hooray great tech I'm, I'm going to change the world right and then you go through like a, a 5 to 10 year approval process and Oh, okay. And hopefully you don't die in, in the middle, right? And and they, they don't reject a product in the middle and, and you finally mm. get a viable product at the end mm. of it. Mm. Right? The the whole process is very linear, but it's also very discreet, right? Because at any time if the FDA says no, mm. I reject it, or you have bad studies that come out that say, Oh no, your product doesn't work, or, or there's alternatives out there, your entire investment is gone. Right, it's all or nothing. So, so I agree with you. mRNA is probably a good platform, right? It's a technological breakthrough. We should all be relatively thankful for. But the whole structure of you know the biotech market just tends to make it a bit more difficult. If you want to talk about pharma, you know, yeah, there's always a lot of tech out there, right? Um, in biotech, everybody says that there's always yeah. breakthroughs, but how many of them actually get to be you know products they actually sell? I think that is going to be a very difficult thing. So it's just going to be hard. And I don't know enough, so I just ignore this whole part of the market and, and move on in my life. Yeah, I think for me is um, 
I would still need to see how it's going. Let's put it that way, because so that's a great way of saying I'm not. I'm not sure what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, like, I really, yeah, I really don't. Okay. I'm really not sure, right? Uh, 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 completely uh, honest. Uh, right? Uh, 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 I'm really uh, uh, not uh, uh, sure what's gonna happen because I'm really not in that space as well. Mm. When you look at these sort of things, and and we have seen good approval process and mRNA and, and sort of that going, but what else can they develop on top of say COVID or what they're looking at? A few others. I do agree with the tech. Don't get me wrong, Rich. So I do agree with the tech that. It's probably the, the best scalable product that we've had, for me, for my opinion, for pharmaceuticals, right? You know, to do one vaccine to the next and, and just move along those lines. But what else can it be used for? Will there be a new technology that comes up that will become more scalable? Will be a question on my side. And two is opportunity cost for me as well. If I put the money into biotech instead of, say, another stock in another industry or an ETF or something like that over X number of years, will I be looking at more return for lesser risk? probability-wise, or am I making a, a foolish mistake and should be putting in biotech? I think those are questions that are running through my mind. I think, I think we can all agree that this whole mRNA platform was developed pretty much on the backbone yes. of government money, spending a lot in, into the mm. space, and also a relaxed yes, And a relaxed approval process. Right? Because, because everyone was struggling. Yeah, re- exactly, yes, right? So very, a relaxed very approval relaxed. process. And it's like, they're getting real trial on the go, right? So they're getting all these data yeah, on the go. Yeah. And uh, so, so it's, it's, it's wild because it would have taken them like what two three x longer, you know, to come out under a non, you know, non dangerous, uh, yeah, situation, right? So, so I I do think that like you said, it's an interesting platform that came out. But I also agree with Anthony. So I I want to you know double down on this point that in the biotech space, a lot of your young listings, like your small listings, they are really here to raise money. Eh? They're not here to like you know mm. grow or to to exit. You know, they're really here to raise money, guys. <laughs> It's literally, right? <laughs> so they're literally taking your money to try to develop, right? It's, it's not like a, like a tech company. They are trying to take money at that stage to continue to scale the business or to try to develop other products or, you know, they have already found a market fit. In biotech, a lot of your small listings are really need the money, you know? <laughs> they really they have no product, to right? This is pretty, are so, all so what, what happens? companies. There are no product, yes. Yeah, pre, yeah pre-product, pre-product companies. Yeah. And exactly, and it's it's a market practice, right? So I think I want to echo Anthony that in this space, you shouldn't throw your money because all of them will come to you and sell this dream that, oh, we got this new tech, right? We got the next thing. So don't be too concentrated on news unless you're knee-deep in this space, like you know what's going on. Uh, but the trajectory is there. At the early stage, a bunch of small companies, probably backed by a few big companies, they will develop the tech. Right, so this is usually what happens, right? They will a bunch of them come together to do R and D to try to develop the tech platform or the active ingredient. Okay, that is early, early stage, and once that is approved and proven that okay, this works and it serves its purpose of what it's trying to do, then they will break apart and go into product fit. Right, so they will go into oncology, mm-hmm. they will go into whatever other thing that they are doing specifically in their field to try to fit the active ingredient or that platform into a particular product. And then if that goes into the next level, they start selling, right? They start selling, they make it into a brand and then there's a whole cycle of patterns and then generics come out over there, right? So so there is actually a pattern in this space. Right? How much do you understand? But I will say, given that this is the pattern, most people will try to look at bigger pharma because big pharma at least has some sort of structure and they have the kind of business support at the back, right? That they can keep pushing. But specifically for these mRNA guys, let's be real. 
the reality is people are so familiar with their names and over the next decade, if we keep having to do boosters as a recurring, like a flu vaccine, a lot of cash flow is going to come into these companies. So it made me extra interested in them now that a lot of people mm-hmm. are selling them off. You know, I'm a, I'm a cheap bargain guy, right? So everybody sell off. They're like, hey, what's going mm. on here? Right? Maybe there's something. So if you amortize a 10-year runway, you know, just on basic, you know, pattern, 10-year runway, if they keep can keep selling, are they able to then develop into other platforms, right? So that's why I brought up AstraZeneca. That's why I brought up, you know, Pfizer and maybe GlaxoSmithKline, right? Because those guys are big, right? If you talk about Moderna, you know, BioNTech, you know, they're a little bit like, uh, yeah. you know, they, yeah, they are at the platform level, right? But the other big, they're mm-hmm. big, you know, they are selling businesses, they M&A everybody, you know, they're acquiring. So so I think uh, those spaces yeah, but are I interesting think we, to look we at. kind of have to be careful, right? So, so I, I, I see your point, right? We want a big diversified pharma company where you have this whole range of steady cash flow like generics, right? That can you, and you can use that, you know, cash to support your R&D. Right, because then, then you kind of get that flywheel going. And another example of this is Novartis. But what a lot of pharma companies are doing, because generics are, are low margin, and you know, R&D, if you hit the jackpot, are really high margin, they spin off. So I think J&J had a spin-off. They, they spun off their R&D into a separate listed company. right? So, so you have to speculate, you go speculate there. You, you want a generics business, then you go and buy my generics, right? Novartis is planning on doing the same thing, apparently, mm. um, if you follow the rumors. And Abbott Abbott's doing, the, doing same the same thing. thing. So, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you kind of are losing that ability to buy a conglomerate and try to leech off it, right? Because all these companies are realizing, oh, actually, or at least they were realizing six months ago in the height of the boom, oh, the market will give me a better multiple. So let me spin off, let me get money first and then we talk about it, right? So, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so we might point. be, you know, at the tail end of, of, of these kind of things. If we are going to look for a company like that, we probably have to be a bit more careful. That's what I say. Cool. Good point. Yeah, good I think point. Those are fair Love points. it. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. But thanks, Raj. I think that was good for you to bring up as well, uh, especially during the sell off, <laughs> right? So keep keep your eye on yeah. that. Mrna is booster. a tech platform. Mrna is a yeah. tech platform. <laughs> See, you you okay? still come on here to talk about <laughs> yes, tech. Yes, it is not a COVID vaccine. <laughs> All right. All right, guys, for our last topic, Anthony, take us away through Tencent. Yes, I, I like talking about Tencent. Um, not just because Reggie's here, but you know, Tencent is my, one of my favorite mm. companies. I mean, and you just had <laughs> earnings, right? One of your biggest holdings also, okay, right? Well, it used to be then it dropped so much that it's no longer big. <laughs> um, but yeah. All right, okay. You know, earnings, right? Let's you know, this is the end of the earnings season. So what, and it's, it's always good to check in on China. It's interesting. So, you know, look at the figures. What, I think a few months back, we did talk about Tencent earnings. The 8% annual growth was like the, the worst ever at that time. Now it's even worst, worst. It's like their revenue growth was 0.1%, right? So, so essentially flat. Hmm. Right. Oh, for, for a tech wow. company, it's not a value stock, right? It's supposed wow. to be tech. It's down, you know. Yeah. And mm. hey, hey, I would say they are already in the value space. Okay, but anyway, yes, continue, continue. Uh, I mean, yeah, let, let's not talk about like value or growth, but you know, tech companies theoretically have bigger markets, bigger okay, tabs, okay. should be able to yep. grow sales, right? And even worse than a flat mm. revenue, their profits actually declined. So it's not as if, you know, it was a bad top line, but they cut costs and all that. It was a good bottom line. It, it, as you went further down the income statement, it actually got mm. worse and worse. Their profit was down 51% year on year. So that's also trouble that wow. you look at our business, there's Jeez. no real bright spots. You know, China gaming is 
bad. International gaming isn't growing as much as expected. Ad revenue is down. FinTech didn't grow. It's just bad news all around. Right? I think, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> AMC, guys. AMC. <laughs> People are going to the movies. Nobody's gaming anymore, guys. Just uh. buy AMC. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, anyway. Continue. Oh, wow, wow. Or okay. oh, like Tati Cinema, all. man. I don't know. <laughs> oh, digress. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, but yeah, Reggie. Why, why don't you tell us yeah. about Anthony Tencent? making a very good point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Reggie, you, you might be, actually, you, you are more, more in touch on the ground in, in China, right? Think about what might be happening there. So I think everybody knows that the big few businesses of Tencent, of course, is gaming and WeChat, right? These these two are pretty much their their main business. Uh, um, some people mm. say they are VC, blah blah blah, but you know, to be fair, they are VC in pretty much the same spaces, right? Gaming, payments, you know, online and. All this kind of stuff, right? So broadly speaking, I wouldn't say they are broadly <laughs> diversified. Right? So they, they are very concentrated in the space and they are acquiring to further grow their ecosystem, right? Pretty much they are at that stage. So um, you're right that gaming is probably going to be horrible for an extended period of time. But I do think the Chinese government is feeling the pinch, you know, at, at this point, not not in a sense of uh, financial pinch. They don't really care because that is not they, they, you know it's it's not a big thing to them. Mm. The overall economy grow one company yep. is not a big issue for them, right? But uh, they are feeling a lot of local backlash, right? You can see a lot of anger online and people are you know, openly talking about it. It's just just imagine a lot of people openly talk about PAP, right? It's the same idea. If that happens, uh, you know the ground is shaking. <laughs> you know, like people are really unhappy, right? So same idea, you know, with China. Um, it's people are really unhappy and you know all these regulations partly the COVID lockdown uh, and it's affecting mm. that whole ability to keep regulating mm. and keep climbing down so that is the part that I think uh, you will see a little bit more you know reduction you know going forward it's, it's not going to be as as harsh right if people want to play their games you know you, you let them play yeah like you can say it's not good for the long term of the country right but but at this point in time you are struggling and you need to give people something mm. you know That's so, so you just don't you let the kids play I mean, right? let the adults play front. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean enlighten yeah. us a little bit right because COVID mm. I mean China is, is in lockdown so on and so forth there's really nothing to do at home mm. other than watch TV no, you can and, study. And really play games, right? Um, yeah. Or, or yeah. maybe, or, <laughs> oh. or maybe make babies, lah, <laughs> right? So there are, there are multiple, multiple others. But so yeah, yeah. and enlighten us, right? So at, at this age, at this time, especially with kids that can't really go outside, what are they doing, and and why are they so studying. regulating this uh, this this gaming space? <laughs> studying, bro. They need to study. Is it really hey, a studying bro, thing. If, if you forget a. Hey, hey, hello, hello. They, they are pushing the strong zhenzhe, okay? They're trying to reduce people's studying and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. It's a few things, right? One thing is, I think from a political front, C is trying to take a different position, right? Because uh, during the Teng era, they, they had a lot of these kind of like, oh, we go digital, we do gaming and, and all these kind of online stuff. And and, and that, that was that, right? So C wants to take a different position from a political front. Uh, for a longer term front, I can also kind of understand you don't want, you know, big swaths of your population just endlessly gaming. Um, neither do you want them to endlessly be studying. Neither do you want them to endlessly be doing something. Right? So, so every government in the way they plan for a country already has an ideal person in their head. And just so happened that, you know, in C's mind, the ideal person is not one that sits in front of the gaming platform and keep playing and mm. keep watching stuff and keep, Consuming. you know, like taking down the digital path, right? So, so 
yeah, keep consuming. Mm. Right? So they find consumerism a problem and they are trying to uh, slowly ease their way in to talk about, you know, the beauty of labor, you know, like some, some of these socialist uh, ideas, right? And uh, it is what it is, right? This is the way that the leaders want to bring the country down. It's not going to be a straight path. It's going to be difficult. Uh, and you see all these companies along the way that, that, is, that is deviant to the path that the government wants uh, all getting affected, right? So uh, it is what it is. But I think the bright spot for WeChat is, uh, for, for Tencent is still WeChat, right? So okay. WeChat is the bedrock of Tencent and it's just slushing money. It's growing, you know, and uh, it's, yeah, all the digital yuan, digital RMB uh, has to go through WeChat, right? It's, it's just too difficult to get any more adoption, right? Today, pay la, pay now, what else? What else you want to pay, right? So it's pretty much this, this two that dominate the local market. In, in Malaysia, it's touch and go. You, you don't need to build a, <laughs> a new platform. They already have one. Yeah, ex- exactly, right? So as yeah, with exactly. any other platform play, once there's a dominant player, it's very hard for anybody else to come in and take over, right? So WeChat and Alipay, those are huge, right? So I think I think WeChat Pay is gonna be continuously gonna gonna stay there. And for all of you that never used WeChat before in China, the APIs is amazing. The amount of things you can buy on WeChat over there, you can book air ticket, book bus ticket, books all sorts of tickets online, app. give Ang Pao everything you want. Yeah, exactly. Your life is just one app, pretty much. Yeah, it's, even... it's one super app. It's an ecosystem by itself, as far as I know. Exactly. And, and I would say the WeChat Pay ecosystem, the WeChat app is stronger than the Alipay ecosystem. Right, because when mm. I was in China, you actually have to go into Alipay to use it. Whereas WeChat Pay, you are using WeChat all the time. It's like WhatsApp has a whole payment and marketplace ecosystem attached to it, you know? Right. So so WeChat has that strength and I think it's not about deregulation and it's not something that you can just change, you know, and, and things will move. Mm. Unlike, unlike games, right? So uh, mm. I think that's the sweet spot that you can look at Tencent. You know, it's not just a gaming play, but hey, we cannot lie to ourselves. The gaming thing is a problem. The whole like, you know, smashing their monopoly is a problem for, for the business. So we, we got to give them some time, right? The government like attack you, you need some time. It like, cannot be one quarter, yep. suddenly you're okay already, right? So give them some time, a year or two to kind of see where, where they are. But the core is WeChat is strong. It is spitting out money. <laughs> so anytime a company has something that's spitting out money, when die. Ah, uh, yeah. There's always something that can be done. But okay, it's spitting out yes. money, right? It's it's spitting mm. out money, but their profits are down fifty one percent. Their growth in revenue zero point one percent. So I think just putting that into perspective. Yeah, what do we but actually I think, think a, there, a lot of the spitting out money is is also well. There's a bit less of it just because of lockdowns, right? So so you have that inability to spend, and. Besides mm. that lockdown, so there's already that general trend of economic growth not being as strong as, as people expected it to be generally, right? So so it's a bit like Target and Walmart where, you know, your consumer isn't really consuming anymore because they are afraid of the economic future or whatever. And and so, well, that, that kind of affects WeChat at Tencent, right? Because at the end of the day, the way they monetize WeChat is still ads um, mm. primarily. And if nobody wants to buy, nobody wants to place ads, mm. that, that just kind of all goes down a shoot, right? So I tend to be optimistic about Tencent, right? I think we are probably closer to the end than, than the beginning. And, and interestingly, despite the horrible financial results, their stock price didn't drop that much, right? So, so it kind of seems as if, oh yeah, you know, everybody's mm. expecting Tencent not to do very well. Yeah, Expected. maybe it's time to start. Look at it a bit closer and and see if 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 you're not in it again to to, to want to get in it right mm-hmm. because they are still a dominant platform 
they are still kind of like, I mean, if you talk about the Chinese they VC are, ecosystem, are. you know, it's pretty much them and Alibaba. <laughs> um, they, they are the, the large VC players. You know, Robert Pinkers, mm-hmm. Advent, they're all slightly smaller, right? They don't do as many deals. So if it's a bet on, you know, China and, and the future of China, Tencent is actually a very decent proxy for it. Yeah, I, I do agree. And I think I want to echo the whole like powerful platform situation here. So uh, mm. tech has a broad sell off, right? I'm sure that well, you don't need me to say it, but the there are a lot of really, I didn't these know. kind of platforms that are dom- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, wow, wow. Yeah, which kampong are you living in? Uh? The London kampong, right? right? Having fun in London. Uh? That's why you didn't know. Right? So <laughs> there's a lot of sell off in tech, but of course, it looks indiscriminate. Like the sell-off is just everyone is selling off. But I think it's a good time to explore some of these very strong platforms. Right, they are dominant in the in the placeholder that they are in. You know, whether is it whether is even Grab, Shopee, you know, Roku, you know, Netflix. Some of these guys, right? They the way they, they can spin off into a new business, the the kind of organic structure of how they are built. You know, they, they can do so much. I think it's a good time to uh, explore some of these very strong, even Shopify. You know, um, they look like a steal from like two, three years ago, right? You know, two, three years ago, they, they were mm. even pricier, even pre-COVID times. And all of them are down. And uh, I, I'm not looking at all the random small tech players that I think all of them will die because they have no cash to to fight. They cannot take debt to to grow. Their equity numbers are horrible. Yeah. You're going to see loads of MNAs and bankruptcy in, in the tech space, okay? In, in the small tech uh, space, pretty much in such an environment. But a lot of these very strong platform players, they are going at like what cheap times, right? In, in my yeah. view, right? So, um, yeah, some some something to look at, right? So Tencent, Alibaba, JD, Meituan, you know, and of course in in the US there are many. Even in Southeast Asia, Shopee, <laughs> and uh, Grab, they may look like uh, you know numbers not very good, uh, but you see the the way they can spin new businesses and and you know go into higher margin business. Mm. Uh, that that is the trend of the platform, and yeah, you shouldn't underestimate, right? Because when I'm living here, trust me, Grab pays everywhere. Right in in KL, right, Grab Pay is everywhere. Mm. Everybody is using Grab Pay. You know, it's like it's, it, Grab is no longer a driving app anymore. You know, I don't even use Grab to take a car all the time. I, in fact, I use Grab to pay more. Right, so it's quite interesting. Awesome, cool. Well, thanks so much, guys. I think that's the end of the episode. Reg, thank you again for coming on board. Um, hope you had fun as well. Besides those yeah, shameless fun, plugs, that oh, you yeah. had to do. I, I think he found the shameless plugs. <laughs> I was just about anymore, to say anymore. again. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I, I got I got KPI, you know, guys. I have a mission. My mission is I need to recruit, you know, interns and uh part-time producers, right? So if you guys want to be a part-time producer for TFC Stock Geek Out and you want to be a full-time intern together with the with the financial coconut, you should email us hello at the financialcoconut.com, right? Specifically, you should have some experience in the media space. Uh, we are looking for pre producers, right? People to do scripting, casting, getting the content in the early stages uh, to to par. Okay, yes. Uh, so thank you for letting me plug again. <laughs> no <laughs> yeah, the problem, next round, no if you problem, get me anything. right, expect more we'll plugs. More, right? Okay, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. Can, can, can. We give you okay, ad slots, plug. don't worry. Yeah, yeah, we give you ad slots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> internal billing, uh, internal billing. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. Awesome. <laughs> but All it was right. fun. Thanks, happy, happy to be on the show again. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks, 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 Reg. Thanks, Ant. Thanks, Coconuts. Have a good one. See you next week. Bye. Have a good one. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode with me, Rakesh, and trust that you learned something today. If you enjoyed the session and want to be part of the banter, join our community Telegram group or follow us on social media. 
We also have a weekly newsletter to get a digest of the news we covered. To sign up, please click the description below. As always, we love your feedback. So share that with us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. Thanks and stay safe.